This week on Ultra 64, we're playing Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, which is either a video game in the Kirby franchise or a harrowing memoir about methadone use. <laughs> either way, it's going to be adorable. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week, we are playing a different randomly selected game, and we are swallowing it and becoming it in a small way, <laughs> giving up a little bit more of our humanity with each thing that we swallow. My name is Steve Gunley. Hello, I am indestructible boulder man Woody Siskowski. <laughs> We are joined once again by a very special guest. Uh, you heard her last time on our Paper Mario episode. Please say hello to Maddie Cop, everybody. Hey, guys. Hey, hey thank you so much for coming back, Maddie. It's amazing to have you here. Maddie yeah. is an, ar an artist, so she knows that uh, the only games she will appear on are things that uh, are built upon shapes that kids find appealing. <laughs> Just, or, the, or you have an artist character like Analog in this game. That's kind true. Of, you know? Not that you really get to do much with her, but yeah. Just ask Mo Willems. <laughs> he, he knows the secret. Uh, before we get started on this, I, I got a question for you, Steve. Yes. How does it feel... To be the first video game podcaster to be put in Super Smash Brothers. Oh God, yes. I'm very excited about the fact that I soon get to rock the block. Yeah, I yeah. was uh, I was thrilled about that announcement. I was really hoping they were going to put in um, Wild Woody from the Sega CD game. You know, um, we need a pencil that shakes his little yeah. eraser butt around. Yeah, stuff, exactly. You know? But That's... they they went for the slightly more popular game choice. I guess yeah, slightly more people have heard of Minecraft. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I I hope that everyone can someday have their own Smash Brothers character. You know. I mean, Maddie's got Waluigi. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You don't yet. You don't yet. But... Wait, was I... Waluigi based on you, Maddie? Yeah, that's the... I, I'm the original. The original <laughs> Waddy. Waddy's the first one, and then they all came after me. Got it. She was just in the studio one day, and she dropped her taco and said, Wah! And the producer said, Wait a minute. Say that again. <laughs> did, you, and... did you know that an M upside down is a W? <laughs> I know that now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What's a Kirby upside down? It's just, it's the same as a Kirby. Yeah, you it's just the same have, thing. You have it's your just... feet on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's right. This week we are talking about Kirby. Kirby, maybe the singularly most adorable uh, character in history. I don't know. What He's... about, what about your Jigglypuffs? You know, Jigglypuffs. What about your Pikachu? And I know I was just uh, standing for Tumble from Mario Party 3 the oh, other day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Kirby's pretty goddamn adorable, and he's been adorable for a lot longer than any of those other characters. <laughs> okay, those so posers. He's got adorableness seniority. Okay. <laughs> he's got adorability. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited we're going to be talking about it. And I'm also interested, an interesting footnote about uh, this game is that this is the first time in the history of Ultra 64 I have had to replace one of my games. No. My copy of Kirby 64 was extremely well loved in that it was <laughs> non-functional. I'm, I'm pretty sure literally full of dirt. I think okay. some kid took it outside and filled it with dirt and then gave it back to Maybe me. Maybe says something about the quality of gameplay in Kirby the Crystal Shards. <laughs> we will see. Uh, no, I, I I will say no. But you know, I, I did not prefer playing with the dirt to playing with the game. But yeah, <laughs> this is the first time we played 270 games on this show so far, and this is the first time I've had to replace one of the cartridges. So that's still not a bad track record. Okay. You know? So yeah, and luckily Nintendo was, 64 they knew how to make those things durable. And luckily it was a game that's like still pretty popular and enduring. So like okay. I was able to find a copy of it pretty quickly. Do you, um, like Nintendo 64 cartridges? Do you ever have to blow in them, or is that only 
NES cartridges. It works. Yeah, I, you you do have to blow them. You know, like we don't know if you have to, but we choose to blow them. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's I tradition. People are trying to retcon that and say that blowing in your cartridges doesn't work. I am here to say I will blow in my cartridges yeah. until I die. Yeah. Vote for me. <laughs> as uh, as somebody who's blown in many cartridges, mm-hmm. I I will also attest to this. I do think I do think that it works. And all all you blowing haters. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. You, who knows? I mean, yeah. technically, I guess, you know, if, if the blowing fails, then I get like a, a Q-tip with alcohol sure. on it. And just like I think the idea was like, your, way, the, the theory is like your spittle from blowing in it is actually the thing that is cleaning up the cartridge. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's, that must be. Yeah. Uh, before we get into all this very rich history of Kirby, I wanted to ask Maddie, uh, what is your experience with Kirby 64? Um, 64, I don't... I got it not long after it came out i either got it when it came out or like for my birthday you know whenever after the release it was (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but it's a game that i had when i was a kid it came out when i was like nine or ten um i had it i had the strategy guide as well as i often did with games (laughs) because mostly i just like to look like i like to draw out of them so i like oh yeah i'll have all the pictures in them Um, I, i am i am really curious if you how big was that strategy guide because the other game we talked about you with you was Paper Mario, which I imagine ha- has a lot of sort of, you know, there's a lot of content in that game. Kirby yeah. 64, I can sort of envision five pages. It was more really, of a pamphlet really big than pictures. a guy. Oh, okay, <laughs> got go. it. It Giant had a full-size, like, Kirby fold-out. Like, the, <laughs> you would had one of those mad magazine things where you push the two ends together and it revealed a picture of King DDD. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite games on the 64. It's just really solid. It's really fun. It's super cute. Um, I loved just finding out all the different, you know, ability combinations and I love the collectible trading cards in it. Um, so I, it's just like, I, I honestly didn't have that many N64 games. I think I probably had like 10 or something, but, um, this was this was one of my favorites and it's you know it's it's not anything super crazy cool but it's really cute it's it's fun simple side scrolling and it's something that's it, it holds up too as far as like the way it looks cuz so many of so many like N64 games are like we're going to try for realism now that we have <laughs> polygons and so now they all look really crappy but it's like you can play Kirby and it still looks you know, Kirby fine. still looks like Kirby. He doesn't look like a weird mass of <laughs> yeah, like rough edges. Yeah, everything's just like spheres. So it's like, oh, they still look like spheres. So <laughs> yeah, I, I I actually really came to appreciate, uh, and this is like the most weak compliment you can give something, <laughs> but I really appreciated how round all the round figures were. In yeah, this game. right. Like, they, they put a lot of polygons into them because usually, yeah, it's like before a lot of spheres in early games are like squares they just yeah. have, like they have so many sides and they didn't, like, they didn't have the technology good. to make them fully rounded yet right it's yeah. like how nobody can actually draw a perfect circle <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, it looks really nice and i think you know we'll we'll get kind of into the look of the game also like, i'm really curious just just remind me when we actually talk about the game what you're talking about with collectible trading cards because i have no idea what you're talking about oh, I, man. I actually yeah. I actually found a few of those this time around, and I didn't know what they did either. So I'm glad to have Maddie here uh, for one more reason to explain what those do. 
Um, but first, let's start by talking a little bit about Kirby, <laughs> because aside from Smash Brothers, this is the first opportunity we've had to talk about Kirby on this show. Kirby, the most overpowered character in N64 he Smash. Weirdly is, yeah. yeah. And Kirby has been one of Nintendo's most surprisingly durable and prolific characters. Of course he's, he's also, durable. He's made out of puff. He's made, like, he's made, that, I, was, that, that made me mad. Like I was playing the game, and I got smashed between two rocks, and I'm like, part of Kirby's power is when you duck, he basically becomes flat. Why am I dying by getting crushed? <laughs> I, I feel like we've talked about this on another show for some weird reason, but what do you think Kirby feels like? Like, is he, is he have like human skin or is he like a kind of dolphin-y or I don't know. I just think of, mar I feel like he feels like a marshmallow. Just a marshmallow. Okay. Why are your, like your first two are so weird, like human skin? Why is that the first thing you think of? Well, well we, I don't know. We you, relate you to what we know. We know human skin. So we see something, we just put human, Steve's couch right over here. It's just encased in human skin. <laughs> is that not normal? Yeah. Or? No, yeah, I don't know. That's got just got the Necronomicon laying right well, on it. Well, Matt, what do you think? If that's, I don't know, if, if human skin <laughs> is so outrageous. Weird, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's, uh, <laughs> what do you think? Um, I don't know. He just feels nice. <laughs> he feels like a cloud. <laughs> like yeah. a solid nice. cloud. <laughs> I, I would hope he, he looks like he feels pleasant, so yeah. he probably wouldn't be dolphin or, or human. He's, he's probably yeah, maybe I don't like want got him some... to be like. I don't think he's like wet. That's weird. <laughs> if you he's like you he touch him and he's all slimy. Like you're yeah. like oh. <laughs> I think I just always kind of thought he was a little slimy. He's got the little shine on him, like, okay. and I think it's just a design choice to make it look to make him appear round. But you know, he's got a little shine on him. I don't know. <laughs> Um, either way, Kirby has proven to be one of the most versatile characters in Nintendo Nintendo staple too. And he, they've, the company's kind of used him as a way of like trying out new different game modes and like trying new things with. He's it. in that that like sweet B tier of like Star Fox and Donkey Kong, right? Where they can just kind of throw him in as a brand like. On like this seems like a good idea for a game, but we need a little, another little hook there. Let's just yeah. make it a Kirby game. Yeah, totally. Just slap yeah. Kirby skin on there and just kind of make it like a <laughs> just encase it in that human encase skin, it in weird Kirby skin. So uh, Kirby was created by Masahiro Sakurai, who uh, is the former head of HAL Laboratories and the future creator of Smash Brothers. Uh, so for those not familiar with Kirby, he is a cheerful, positive little pink blob. Canonically, Kirby is only eight inches tall, which I guess I thought he was a little bigger than that. Okay. Know, Wait, how does that, that, doesn't that like in like Smash Bros, doesn't that make Mario only like two feet tall? <laughs> I think it might. Yeah. I mean, at least in the Kirby universe, like he's identified as an eight inch tall Though, thing. So I guess I in know. Smash Brothers, like you could be going by the theory that they're all just toys in Smash Bros. Oh, that's Brothers. true. Uh, yeah. Okay. So they could just and be toys like scale. have weird proportions, like they yeah, don't like, all match up. Yeah, right. look at Steve's amiibos. Like, Kirby yeah. is definitely not the right proportion if he's only eight inches tall on those amiibos. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Oh. Uh, so, canonically, like I said, he's eight inches tall. He lives in Dreamland on the planet Popstar, and he possesses the unique <laughs> never ability... Stop, never stopping on the planet Popstar. <laughs> and he possesses the unique ability to assume character traits of enemies that he swallows. So Kirby's name in the first Japanese ads for this game was Twinkle Popopo. So, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Twinkle Popopo, which actually makes King DDD make a little more sense if okay. your hero's name is Popopo. Uh, but they changed it to Kirby. They uh, Nintendo decided to name it after the lawyer that they give credit to saving Nintendo. I've got more on him in a minute. Now, I have a quick question about Kirby's moveset. Um, the first game that he came out with was uh, the Game Boy game, Kirby's Dream Land, right? Uh-huh. Um, could you steal powers in that game? Or I kind I, I believe don't, so, right? No, I don't remember being no, able in, to. Not in the first one. Was that so. not until Adventure on the NES? 
Yeah, I just know that playing the first game, it's like you're like playing Kirby and you can't take abilities and you're like, what? Like, what is this? <laughs> what is even? wrong with this? This guy? is not yeah. a Kirby game. So it's just air gust, air gust, float, float, float. Yeah. Okay, I remember it being like it was introduced early, but yeah, I couldn't remember if it the was subtitled that was Kirby's Dreamland Suck and Blow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uh, so the first Kirby game, like I said, was Kirby's Dreamland, released on the Game Boy in 1992. So initially, the character was depicted as pure white, since the limited color palette left a lot open to interpretation. So if you look at the cover art of the original Kirby, he is a big white blob, but he was always intended to be pink, uh, and that didn't really come clear until 1993 when they released the NES port Kirby's <laughs> Adventure. If your first game is going to appear on the Game Boy, you are assumed to be white or black yes. or gray. Or like weird or, green. Yeah, weird <laughs> green. Sickly jaundiced I, green. I like that they have a little, like, in the Game Boy packaging, they have, like, a little star that says, like, now in sickly jaundiced green. <laughs> <laughs> Over four colors. Get pea soup. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, the game, uh, that Game Boy game is actually still the biggest individual hit in the entire series, mm. uh, and it was very acclaimed for its cute and very accessible gameplay. I think the common thread you hear people, the common complaint about Kirby games is that they tend to be A, too short, and B, too easy, uh, but also I feel like they're kind of meant to be games for babbies, so I don't really <laughs> think it makes a whole lot of sense to pick on the series for being too short and too easy. Well, it's going to happen, so get ready. Yeah, um, but we're still going to do it. Though I do think, like, in Kirby's Dreamland, that's probably, for the Game Boy, is probably the one I've played the most. And okay. I agree that it is fairly short and easy, but it sort of fits the Game Boy aesthetic better. Like, I want a short and easy game when I'm playing the Game Boy because yeah. I want to be able to play some through something quickly. Yeah. And I don't want to get frustrated by not being able to see various obstacles. It's true. Like, that game has big sprites and is easy to see because everything is round and obvious <laughs> everything yeah absolutely so kirby's adventure came out in 1993 the following year in the nes which is kind of the a rare instance of a game boy game like originating a series and then it gets kind of a higher quality like i think gargoyles board. quest was one of them that had a similar oh yeah thing. yeah because then demon's oh. quest came out on the super nes well there's a gargoyles that. quest 2 for the nes oh right 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 oh. okay that's right um, so yeah, and uh, after that, uh, yeah, so that NES game was a big hit that introduced the character of Meta Knight, who we'll get into when we talk about Smash <laughs> Brothers. Um, and after the, that game repeated the success of the first, Nintendo went all in on that little pink puff ball, and they released at least one Kirby game per year since then. Wow. Uh, so in all, there have been 35 Kirby games over the I last 27 years. I did not know there years. were so many Kirby games. And that's not including his Smash Brothers appearances, too. So that's crazy. Um, it was his appearance in the first Smash Brothers game, incidentally, that really drove the character to the next level. I think Kirby's become like a fan favorite brawler, especially in that first game where, like you said, he is ridiculously overpowered. Mm -hmm. But it's never not fun to like swallow an enemy and steal their powers and see what sure. cute little hat that Kirby's going to yeah. wear for the next mm -hmm. thing. That's always kind of the joy. I'm really excited to see what they do now that they have the Minecraft character in there. And I hope he just turns it like blocky. Oh, yeah, he totally does. They have the like, I think the screenshots came out. Oh, did they? Oh, there were like amazing. fake ones, but then there were real ones. And he's just, yeah, he's just a cube and it's perfect. I'm <laughs> thrilled about that. That's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, thanks to that copyability. Uh, yeah. And he, he's appeared in every game in the series, along with uh, fellow Dreamland residents King DDD and Meta Knight. Meta Knight, incidentally, when he first was d introduced in Brawl, they had to introduce a different competitive tier for that character because he's basically broken. He's S plus. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he's he's really like kind of ridiculously powerful in that game, and they've kind of toned him down a little bit. But he's that's still why pretty... they called him Meta Knight. Yeah, he, he defined the meta of he that did. game. He did. It was, it was, yeah. 
So one of the fun things about the Kirby series is the developer's willingness to take weird chances with him and try him out in different milieu, if you will. <laughs> Uh, so over the years, Kirby has starred in a mini golf game, a pinball game. Uh, multiple Both of which I think he was the ball. In he was the ball. Games, so. uh, he's, uh, there's multiple match three puzzle games. There's a Metroidvania style adventure. There's a lemming style puzzle game. There's a mini game collection. There's a racing game. There's a mech battler. There's a fighting game now. Wow. Like there's all kinds of crazy stuff that Kirby fits into. Uh, Nintendo also likes to play around with Kirby's aesthetics a little bit. So for instance, you can play your adorable Kirby made out of yarn or made out of clay. Kirby's uh, epic yarn is... Yeah, Kirby's one. epic yarn, which yeah. is really cute. And then you can use your stylus to draw paths for him. And again, he's just a ball in these games, mm-hmm. but you draw a little... You draw a path on the stylus, and then he traces it. Um, uh, that's Rainbow Curse, I think. Yeah, I think that was one of the earlier sort of can, good games for the DS, when the DS was kind of figuring out what it was. Yeah, and he's even made cameos in other Nintendo games. Most notably, he's a bad guy in Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. He and you is? Get to kill, yeah, you get to kill Kirby. I don't remember that, that part at all. Yeah, he'll, he'll, uh, he's in one of the dungeons. He'll swallow you. Yeah, huh. you, yeah, you to... Link's, Link's Awakening is so... It's such a weird game because of that, and there's Goombas in it, too, and all that stuff. Oh, that's right. The Goombas are Did in there Did those as well. things make it into the Switch remake? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah, did Kirby in make it, it in? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't remember. If, I remember the Goombas, but I couldn't remember if Kirby was in it or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's also crossed over with Hal's underrated NES puzzler, Adventures of Lolo. Those uh, Lolo and Lala are actually now bad guys in the Kirby canon. Like they're a boss oh. in one level and they appeared in the anime. Uh, and that he also has a dark tinge to the adventures of Lolo. Kind of, like, right? What turned these guys in the end? Something or maybe happened. you're a bad guy the whole time, I think and they only imprison Lala to like keep her from like committing genocide. Look, that, and you're trying to rescue her. That game has a suicide button. It was always dark. <laughs> like that was a button where you kill yourself if you get stuck in a corner. So, uh, but he's also appeared in cameos in Earthbound, Stunt Racer FX, and Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. So uh, for as many Kirby games have made it to the market, there are almost as many that have been canceled or delayed or reworked completely. For instance, we were supposed to receive Kid Kirby on the SNES, which would have used the Super Nintendo mouse. <laughs> Kid Kirby, like, he water rides around on a skateboard. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was going like, to say, like, oh, he has a baseball cap, but then it's like, well, he already gets one of those with the yo-yo ability. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. I don't know what Kid Kirby would look like. He's only three inches tall. He's, Kirby's yeah, his Yeah, he's father. already a child. Like, I can't. <laughs> There yeah, should be the, an adult Kirby instead. <laughs> yeah, like lawyer, lawyer oh, Kirby where you have to go to work and like... Incidentally, my next section of my notes is called Sleazy Kirby, just <laughs> specifically for those reasons, okay? Because while in the States, Kirby is associated with being very childlike and innocent, there was one comic strip in the German version of Nintendo Power that painted a very, very different portrait of the uh, character. I, I encourage everyone to look up these comics. That version huh. recasts him as a hard-drinking, hard-smoking private eye who openly <laughs> lusts after these busty female clients that come into his office. This was a Nintendo Power? This was a Nintendo Power. They, in the strip, Kirby and King DDD have been hired by this blonde woman to solve the murder of her father, and they later discover their own client murdered in, like, her house, and, like, the drawing of her dead is really gruesome. Like, Are her you sure this isn't blue. some, like intricate like creepypasta that you no, stumbled no. upon on the internet no 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 this is okay. real this is real this is the same uh, nintendo power where uh yoshi crossed over with the blast core so like <laughs> you can't really take anything that appeared the, ed- the editor was taking a day off in that issue can wait, Kirby, wait, wait, wait can you like talk in it uh i don't yeah yeah he's talking he has his thought bubbles and everything like that yeah yeah so he talks oh. pretty clearly 
And uh, yeah, and he's like smoking cigarettes and getting drunk and like it's a problem. And this is apparently had to be censored in the past too. Like in the anime, they had to censor some of the stuff because uh, the, there's a series called Kirby Bat Right Back At You from 2001 to 2003 that aired on uh, Fox Kids over here. And the anime had to cut some elements for American release. Like there's a scene where Kirby is mixing and drinking cocktails. Uh, there's a scene where King DDD uses a chainsaw and there's some slightly too realistic jiggle effects on some of the female characters. Weird. And there's more sleazy Kirby. Uh, in Kirby's Dreamland 2, there's a very rudimentary outline of a naked lady hidden in stage 5-5. Five, five. Oh, did you, did you, I remember that. Did you research that. this? You know about that one? Yeah, with the little blocks that like kind of form the very rough uh, outline of, okay. of uh, boobs. <laughs> um, then there was a boss fight in Kirby's Dreamland 3 on the Super NES that led to that game being reclassified from E to E10 when it was re-released several years ago. Because in this battle, you're fighting a giant eyeball named well, Zero. I mean, and it's that's like, how like all the Kirby games are though it's like they're all like really cute and innocent and then it's like oh by the way you're fighting this crazy demon that's going to destroy the world oh my god did anyone else play the switch version the most recent like uh star allies or whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, okay yeah i I played that and like a spoiler for the end of that game but like it ends with this gigantic doomsday monster battle at the end of the universe it's like straight out of dragon ball or something crazy like it, it, it's a hard pivot like to this giant cool. genuinely scary monster and i mean the, the the villain in this game the 64 game we played is just like a stream of blackness it's, yeah. like, it's well, like the it's nothing like, with an eyeball yeah well it's like it's like a biblical angel it's like one of those things where it's just like rings and like 50 eyes it's, right yeah it's like so unknowable you go insane if you could see it's true form, <laughs> and then they all know? like they all like cry blood and stuff like, they're <laughs> yeah so, that's they're so weird that's the thing with that boss fight in kirby's dreamland 3 that one specifically as you fight it and like chuck projectiles at it large chunks of its eye start like coming off. It's got like red battle damage all over its cornea. So it's just, just like a little unsettling. Is that moment, what they did? So. Like Kirby's Dreamland three E ten for mild comic mischief and massive eye hemorrhaging. Yeah, massive, eye, <laughs> massive giallo levels of eye yeah. damage going on in this one. Uh, all right. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the man that Kirby was named after because he's got a strangely fascinating story. Uh, So John Kirby, Kirby was named after attorney John Kirby, who successfully defended Nintendo in their landmark lawsuit with Universal Studios, uh, which was settled in 1984. So the suit was... Wait, what was that lawsuit about? Or are you about to tell? I was about to tell you. Oh, I'm sorry. The suit was a claim on who had the rights to the surname of Kong. So Universal Uh, claimed that uh, Donkey Kong was infringing on their uh, intellectual property, King Kong. And... They were seeking to have the license revoked, which meant that basically Nintendo wouldn't be able to sell anything Donkey Kong related. And, and be being that this was because... 1984, yeah, that would leave them with uh, not a whole lot. So uh, John Kirby successfully argued the case. And as a result, Nintendo got to continue profiting from Donkey Kong. And it's very likely that Nintendo would not exist today if they hadn't won that case. <laughs> I love that. He's basically saved Nintendo and he's like, here this pink puff ball is in your honor. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Here we go. We're going to give you uh, like a tiny, and I'll explain why they picked that name too. But uh, so as a reward, uh, Nintendo gave Kirby a boat, which they called the Donkey Kong. And they also gave him the rights to use that name in perpetuity, but only on sailboats. Okay. Um, and uh, they also named their pink mascot character out of after him. Um, and Kirby passed away last year at the age of 79, but his life was memorialized in this article in the Washington Post. So a little bit about his past. Before he was a litigator, 
Kirby was an intern for the Civil Rights Department with the of, uh, of the Civil Rights Division of the you Justice Department. You keep referring Department. to him by just his last name, I yeah. know. so my mind like, just sorry. keeps like, going. Kirby passed so, away. Like I'm yeah. like, no. Well, and like Kirby's like an, a litigator for the Justice Department, and I just go to this mental picture of like Kirby in this little suit and tie like, with his little briefcase. Uh, I mean, that's I, th- I think uh, from what I understand of John Kirby, he would have been amused by that thought too. But yes, yeah, so he worked for the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department in the 60s, where he was instrumental in gathering voting information and identifying disenfranchised voters in the African-American community. Mm. So this information was used as the foundation for the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Wow. So there are photos of young John Kirby personally escorting black children into newly desegregated schools as like protesters are outside, like yelling and jeering at these children, which wow. is kind of amazing. What that, a cool yeah, guy. It's and nice, then, like when a old, like an old person turns out. Because usually, I feel like these things are like, oh, he actually was awful, and we're not gonna remember right. him at all. So it's kind of nice right. to get the opposite. Yeah, this guy had a legacy. So, like after he he gave up, uh, like public service law after uh, he was there during the 1968 Democratic National Convention riots, where he was so disenfranchised with the system after seeing the police brutalize so many protesters that he gave up on public service and went into private law. He did come back to public service only once when he headed up a commission on campus safety and security after the Kent State murders. So basically, he's the reason we have campus security measures nationwide. He's the reason. He's the one who drafted all of those measures. Wow. Uh, yeah, and he, tra- he brought, well, eventually, he brought those reports to Nixon and his cronies who <laughs> immediately laughed it off. Sure. It wasn't implemented until much later. But uh, yeah, that was kind of the final straw. He went into private practice. He was very, very successful as a litigator, and he represented Nintendo. He was not a gamer himself, but apparently he was very pleased and honored and amused to have this popular character named after him. Uh, He had two sons, and they would joke with his father that the character was named after him because he's a big, round, pink ball of hot air, (laughs) uh, just like their dad. And the character became a family favorite. And one of the Kirby sons even had a Kirby game themed wedding. So like pink puff balls and balloons all over it. So yeah, the elder son is currently working on a documentary about his dad, which is supposed to come out next year. But I just thought that's kind of an amazing story. The little guy, little Kirby, little happy little pink Kirby is directly related to the voting rights act. Like, I don't know. I just kind of love that story. Anyway, let's talk about this game. Finally, (laughs) 20-something minutes into the podcast. (laughs) Sure. Um, So Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, was released June 26, 2000. It was developed by HAL Laboratory and published by Nintendo. And this is technically an N64 exclusive, but it was eventually ported to Virtual Console. And it was included on the Wii as part of Kirby's Dream Collection. So if you Mm. ever want a game, just a bunch of Kirby's in it. This one's on it. (laughs) Uh, So this is the 28th best-selling game on the system. That's just above Cruisin' USA and just below Hey You, Pikachu. Uh, I would actually, I, I would hope more people bought Kirby than Hey You Pikachu. Boy, but, but oh not well. all, not all, yeah. Uh, it sold 1.8 million copies, which puts it uh, just outside the top 10 for Kirby games in general, uh, but still not bad at all. Uh, Kirby 64 was one of the myriad of games that was initially intended for the 64DD peripheral, and the game was originally designed with the analog stick in mind, but it was changed after a couple of demos went out because they found the very young kids just couldn't really get a handle on it like it didn't hmm. play right using the z button instead of the shoulder buttons and so they switched it around wait the shoulder buttons didn't do anything yeah they did yeah that's how you get rid of your powers oh i was using the c buttons to do oh that. i didn't know the c buttons okay did there we go it's versatile it's, uh, uh yeah. i feel like with all i i hate it when these n64 games don't use the stick 
because I always boot up the game and like it won't move or I can't get through the menu. <laughs> and I, no matter how many times I do it, I'm always like, is this game broken? Like, what's right. wrong with this? I wish there was just like a little men, like a little warning that came up when you tried to press the stick that's like, use the control pad. Right. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's just because that's so intuitively how I grab the controller. It, I, I always forget that the control pad even exists. For as weird as the N64 controller is, it does feel even weirder to hold it like a normal controller. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow it's like so weird, but like it's the right kind of weird. And this is like one of only, I think the only other game we spoke of that didn't use the analog stick at all was Mischief Makers a couple yeah. weeks ago. I can't remember if the Goemon game did or not. I don't know. It I did, yeah. But I feel yeah. like it should be an option. Like, even if it, even if they decide, oh, it doesn't play quite right with it, you could just let the per- play, player choose. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little bit about the plot. So uh, there's a uh, distant corner of the galaxy. There are some fairies living on this planet called Ripple Star. <laughs> but then Dark Matter, who's kind of the overall uh, bad guy of the Kirby universe, oh, he comes okay. and engulfs the whole planet. One little fairy named Ribbon is able to escape with the crystal but she's attacked. The crystal breaks into a whole bunch of different pieces, and she crashes down on Kirby's home planet of Popstar. Uh, and Kirby, being a chill-ass dude, is just <laughs> laying in the grass, uh, smiling at the sky. And he's like, hey, I'll help you out with this stuff. So he does. Do we know what the actual purpose of those crystal shards are or fragments? Like, I imagine that they, like, Magic? unite into some kind of powerful thing. Yeah, you <laughs> use them in the final battle. You shoot oh, them at you? the bad guy. <laughs> oh, there's actually so they're just like an bullets. actual in-game so. purpose. I was just thinking they were like magical MacGuffins, like, you know, like the yeah. Dark Crystal and the Dark Crystal, yeah. Like in the final battle, instead of like the two slots where your abilities usually show, there's one that's like, it's like Ribbon's hair bow, and the other one is like just like a diamond, like it's the crystal shard. Okay, all right. All right, that makes more sense. Um, yeah, this game, like, really, I mean, there's, like, cutesy little cutscenes between levels, but nothing is really that explained. Like, they really, a lot is tried to express through, like, just shenanigans. Like, oh, most yeah. of the cutscenes in the middle is, like, Kirby falling down and everyone laughing at him. Or, like, like, oh, good, I learned a lot about the story from that. Or, like, <laughs> they're, they're painting food and then eating it, you know? It's yeah, like, and it's yeah, hilarious. They're, just, they're having picnics yeah. and then just chilling. It's... It's it's uh, about as functional as like the cutscenes in between like levels of Ms. Pac-Man or word munchers, right? Where, like you would pull the guy out and it would play play like a boon. <laughs> You'd be your word muncher would be fishing. Man, why, why don't we play word munchers? That was on the N sixty four, right? Uh, it can be. Yeah. Let's let's play some word munchers. I don't think I've ever played word munchers. Oh, yo, you were more of a number munchers kid. I huh? was a math blaster kid. Okay, thank you. sure. I, I blasted that math. Uh, not very well. Apparently. Maddie, Maddie, what was your uh, what was your game that you would play on the computer? Their educational game you would play on the computer at school. Um, well, so we always had like. So we had like Macs, and they were all crappy. And then we had two like fancy Macs, like mm. the like the see through colored ones. And we had oh, yeah. zo- we had Zumbinis on that, which is Zumbinis. Like, yeah, my which, wife talks about that game. Yeah, and that was like I think that was this was in like fifth grade, and everyone would always fight over the Zumbinis computer. Because <laughs> other ones, I think they had like number munchers. They had like this race car math game. Oh, they yeah, have, I don't know that like, one. Like kid picks and you know all that kind of generic stuff. So we all just fought over the Zumbini's computer. Okay. 
I mean, we mostly had like kind of crappy stuff like just Math Blaster or, or stuff like that. But we did have uh, a couple of computers in one class that had Civilization 2. And I was glued to those. Like that's where I <laughs> spent good. my lunch hours. Like okay. I was such a dork about it. Because we didn't have a computer at home. Like I, we were very late adopters of computers. Uh, so yeah, I, that was my only you way to play You still don't have a computer at home. Still don't. We're recording all of this on stone tablets. Yeah, the yeah. The amount of work you have to do to get this online is crazy. My arms are so tired. Um, um, so anyway, this is the first Kirby game done with 3D character models, although the game mostly still plays on a 2D, 2.5D plane. Yeah, know? I mean, it's the same thing that we've seen for so many of these platforms. I think Tarzan was the first one we played that did this. Uh, yeah. The Goemon game did it. Yeah, I mean, you're, it is, moving, you're moving you, on, a, on, a, on an axis. But like the not, camera yeah. shifts to sort of like give the illusion of curves yeah. and things like that, but you still can only move left and right. Which I'm perfectly fine with. Like sure. I, I like that this game... I feel like this is before Kirby started getting super, super experimental with all the different series ideas that they were doing. And this is kind of just a straightforward, like, what if we did Kirby's Dreamland, but in 3D? Like, yeah, and I feel like yeah. there's one more big hook here, which we're going to get to. Yeah, yeah. The, the the big innovation, I think, is, uh, you know, like like we said, since 1993, Kirby's been able to swallow his enemies and absorb their powers. This game lets you do what are called power combos, and that's where you can mix and match they stole them from Killer Instinct. When you, <laughs> yeah. you, like, power combo. <laughs> combo breaker. Uh, so, yeah, you're able to mix and match one of the seven different, like, basic power types, There's which like are uh, fire. Oh, yeah, burn, yeah. ice, stone, needle, cutter, spark, and bomb. And mixing and matching these different types will give you dramatically different powers. Right. So, like, I, if you're a, you get a rock guy, like, mm. you absorb a rock guy, and then you can pull out your star power. Like you, right? And then yeah, you get a like a little ways thing you can throw. Yeah, you can you can pull out your star power and chuck it at someone to merge them. You yeah. can spit an enemy at another enemy mm. and they'll merge. Okay. Or you can swallow two enemies at a time. The way they were spaced, it was like very hard to swallow two at a time. It could be, yeah, very much. So, so. like if you got a stone and a fire and merged it with a fire guy, you'd turn into like a cool volcano that you could yes. shoot out. Oh, there were so many fun. There are thirty five different power combos in this game. Like, and, and and I think that's the real joy, like, especially yeah. going back and playing this game again, like, man, it it's never not fun to see what Kirby's going to turn into. Yeah. Like, you you never quite expect it. Like, I think my favorite was when I think I swallowed um, two needle guys. Mm -hmm. And then when you press B, Kirby just turns into like this Swiss army knife of every sharp thing you can imagine. Oh. <laughs> so like, he's got like a screwdriver and he's got a pencil and he's got a cactus. He's got a bee stinger. Like he just turns into this ball of knives and it's amazing. And then there's some weird body horror stuff. Like if you use the boomerang guy, Kirby rips off his face and yeah. throws it as a <laughs> yeah. weapon. And it's that face, creepy. if you get two bo like boomerang guys, he's like, he, he lines that face with teeth to make it extra big and deadly. I think if you get the needle and the the cutter, he like takes out these huge spikes from like the side of his oh, head. Oh yeah, he's like a and, bear like, trap. Clamp. Do you yeah. guys have a favorite combo that you've messed with? Um, I would. Yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, my I think my number one favorite is is um, bomb and cutter, which gives you like little shuriken. Oh They're yes. They're like explosive shuriken, but it's really cool because it's like you don't 
actually see them move because they're like ninja, you know, they're like ninja shuriken. So it's like you see Kirby throw it and then it like vanishes until it like hits something and then it explodes. And it's really oh. satisfying. I one. loved that one when yeah. I discovered because I thought it was broken at first. I'm like, wait, what, what did you do? Like nothing <laughs> happened. And then I looked um, over and there's a ninja star sticking in a guy's face. Yeah, it's super cool. It's very satisfying. I think also my other favorite is um, Ice and Cutter, which gives Kirby like little ice skates. <laughs> and it, oh. makes it, it makes it like really fun just to move around the level. And when you jump, he does like a little like a triple oh, axle a, a or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so th- I think those are probably my top two. That's a good one. I definitely was uh, pleasantly surprised by the spark and ice where he turns into a refrigerator and <laughs> throws throws food at enemies that will is very powerful, but then will actually just drop on the ground and you can eat for health. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That one's I, very good. There's. I never I mean, saw that one. Yeah. This game, not well balanced. Like this game is not designed for, with difficulty in mind. Like well, one here's, of, here's well, the crazy thing okay. that I, I'll, 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 yeah, sorry. Finish oh, I'm just saying yeah, like yeah. one of the power combinations you can get is stone and stone. Yeah. And you just turn into an unbreakable boulder and you just <laughs> roll forward and then you become a statue and you can just, as long as the level stays flat, you can just walk. For as long as you want, and enemies will just bounce off you yeah. and die. And you're like, well, this this kind of takes away some of the challenge. Well, uh, I, I think the the power combo system was kind of designed to be a little broken. From reading like interviews with the developers, this is like a really interesting organic way to monitor difficulty. Because by design, if you play while heavily emphasizing power combo combos, the game's gonna be harder because some of these power combos are not like helpful to you some of them can hurt you like you can turn if i think if you combine um needle and fire you throw dynamite okay which will hurt you sure. like it has a very slow but it, fuse it also and it comes with like you have i think if you like push down or something he puts his little hard hat on so then you can protect yourself oh, oh, that's okay cute. that's good to know that's good to know but intentionally like it it's a way that they would like it's easier to play the game if you don't use power combos at all if you just like fly through and play as regular kirby swallow enemies spit them at i each don't other. know if i i feel like that you want to just find the power combination that works and is useful and then you just ride that yeah, as long yeah. As, like, well and then the f- there's like there's like puzzles too like you need specific combos to solve certain puzzles right yeah and they'll let you through to different secret areas and that's how you could get Man, you guys really got a lot more out of this game than i did Matt, maddie what's like an example of a puzzle that like you might need a power combination um, to solve? so there's like there's one where you see adeline in like and it's like she has like these three panels but you like can't see anything on them so you have to use uh it's like it's like light bulb and or lightning and the something it's the one where he turns into a little light bulb and if you do okay. that then you'll be able to see what's on her panels oh and, and then like, in the next room there are buttons that you have to yeah, press yeah okay things like that or there's just sometimes it's it's e- simple things where it's just like a little there's like a some a little covering that you can't destroy and so you need to use it'll be like green so that means you need a certain cutter power or something like that yeah which is, it's really good if you want to go through and play and get every crystal shard that's hidden throughout the game. So yeah, what are the, what are the pickups in this game? Like, I mean, at its core, like in the procedure, there's uh, like six worlds and you move, there's four levels per world, like three yeah, regular about. levels and you fight a boss. Um, but like, what else, what else can you get in this game? There's the crystal shards, yeah. which there's three per level. They're kind of like those big coins in the new Super Mario Brothers games. And I know if you get them all, this game has multiple endings. Right. Like I looked at the endings. If you don't get all of the shards, 
like you'll it looks like you'll have won, but then the princess will have this evil grin like she's been possessed. And if you do get all the shards, you get to fight a sort of Star Fox Andros style boss right at the end. Um, but what what so is this a good time to talk about these trading cards? Because I yeah. my interest yeah. is I wanna I wanna know about these. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of every level, there's like a little it's it's like a little picnic blanket and yeah. like mm. it's like they're all like eating snacks and Kirby like it's like just kind of like a little tiny mini game where you, you can time his jump based on his arm swings yeah and you can get like food which gives you health or you can get like little stars or whatever but there's also there's always like a little trading card and so there's um there's 81 trading cards in total and they're basically just like they have all the enemies on them and it's like um there's some other screen you go to that shows all your cards and it shows like the little animation of the enemy okay um, and it's and it's like the first 10 cards, I think, or the first nine cards are boss cards. So you get those ones when you beat the boss. But the other ones you have to get through these these little level end mini games. And I mean, they're just I mean, they're stupid, right? They're just these <laughs> little cards. But they're I mean, I, I love these are like my favorite kind of collectibles and games, like ones that you can just like look at. Yeah. And they have like the yeah, it's like the little animation of all the bad guys and it also has their names, which is fun to learn all the enemy names. And yeah, and it's it's hard though because you can get duplicates. So okay. it's like when you're trying to get a full collection, it's like you have to get <laughs> 71 of these. So yeah. it's like if and you want And is it just random where the which just, one's going to show up where? It's where? just random. Yeah. Ooh, wow. So it's like and it's like Kirby will be upset if you get like a, a duplicate and <laughs> It'll make a little sad, like an angry face. Do you, um, do you have an estimate for how long it took you to collect all that? Did you collect all the cards, I'm assuming? I honestly don't know. Okay, because <laughs> I'm been, thinking like, wow, like, it must be. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know if I got a full set. I probably got really close, but I, I have a feeling there were probably a few that I just got, I got tired. Because again, it's like, basically, if you want to get them all, you just have to keep playing levels over and over and over yeah, again until right. you finally get them all. And it's it's luck. So it could take you, you know, Forever. 50 more tries <laughs> or it could take you five. So, but, but yeah, that, I, huh? sorry, oh. does that count into your total like completion score? Like, can you still get 100 percent without those trading cards? Or Yeah, like... I don't think they count in the completion yeah. Or they're just good, good. they're just like a side thing, but they're really fun. So this is better than Jet Force Gemini <laughs> in that regard. Yes. That was one thing that I felt like this game had a missed opportunity for, like because I do think that we can all agree that the most pleasant and fun aspect of this game is collecting those power combinations. Yeah. <laughs> but there was no sort of gallery or like thing that popped up that was like, you've discovered fridge power. And then it like goes into your collection of power combos. Oh yeah. Um, just because I feel like that would have encouraged me. Cause I, I am sort of naturally like you do want to get them all because they are so cool and exciting and sure. you want each combination. But if there was a record of what each one was, so I hadn't been like, oh yeah, I already got this one. Right. Oh, it's yeah. hard to keep track when there's, what is it? 35 we said, yeah. or it's yeah, like, oh, 35. I got needle and cutter, but I didn't get double needle. Right. 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 Yeah, I, I like regular needle because it turns Kirby's body into a little bow. Or is that is that needle and fire? That's turns, um, that's fire. Wait, that's cutter and fire. I think cutter and fire. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, he turns into a little bow and arrow. I don't know. And oh then, yeah, it shoots fire arrows. Yeah, but that was like the first boss that I played against. Um, I was the fire arrow, and I killed him in like three shots. Yeah, and it's like, well, this doesn't feel right. And like, right. you know, the game is easy. I'm not gonna yeah. lie, the game is easy. <laughs> I, this it is, game... but also like you could also have a power that's totally useless, and some of the powers are almost completely useless. Yeah. They're more yeah. just like. 
funny. There's one where it's <laughs> yeah. like, I think it's it's lightning and fire, and Kirby like rubs sandpaper on his head, and he like lights his head on fire, and then he just like <laughs> runs around, and you're like, this is stupid, but it's funny because it's like it's like you know, oh, it's like a friction burn. That's cute. <laughs> I do think um, it's rare. I don't know. I mean, I I. I'm just going to jump the gun. I did not enjoy this game very much. And oh. I think um, I think it's rare that I felt like a game has been spoiled by being too easy. And I felt like that was definitely a case here. Like, I felt like Kirby compared to what was thrown at him was so overpowered. Because you're like, okay, my enemies are like sea anemones that stand in one place. And like, I can either fly over them, get use in like... 35 different combinations of powers to destroy them. And I have six health and they have one. And like everything is very sort of spaced out here. I felt like the levels just felt very sort of empty. Like I didn't, I I thought they all looked fine, but like there's a lot of space between the enemies and there's not much like up above, like Kirby can fly, but there's not much up above you to see. There's not many alternate routes that you can take or anything like that. So it just felt like a lot of sort of, going left to right on straightaways. And I I don't know, just like the lack of challenge, I really felt like I love all these power combinations, but because all these enemies die so fast, I I just, I don't, I really wanted a game where like I had to think about what power combination that I was using and sort of really use it to its fullest advantage. Well, that's the thing though. See, well, okay, I I will say the first time I played this game and I remember I rented this from Blockbuster when it was new and Mm -hmm. I beat it in an afternoon. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh, I liked this game, but it was so short and so easy, you know, like I didn't really get a whole lot out of it. And playing it again this time, I really love this game. Like I came away liking this game so much more than the first time I played it because I, there is like, I do like that you have to think about your, you do have to think about your combinations. Like if you want to complete the game, like completely, if you want to find all these little secrets, there are lots of little things hidden in the background in this game that like, I didn't appreciate on my first playthrough. Uh, I, I think that's just an aspect of me in general. It's like, I don't like it when sort of aspects of challenge are on you to sort of find and achieve. Yeah. Like it's like in uh, Yo- this game reminds me a lot of Yoshi's story. Sure. I was actually going to ask about that exactly because I remember when I first played Yoshi's Story and I like get to the end of the level and I'm like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like I didn't realize that the point was to collect all the fruit. Yeah. And like get the full fruit. So I, I just thought, you know, like most games, it's like, oh, you get to the end of the level and that's it. So I was like, I don't understand. But yeah. And I do feel like it's a similar thing because like Yoshi's Story is a short, easy game but like the goal is, oh, you want to collect 30 melons and only get the same kind of fruit to get this combination. And it's like, yeah, but that's fully dependent on you making this choice to play the game that way. Right. And like here I felt the same way. It's like, oh, you can just sort of blaze through it and use your invincible rock power or you can go explore the different areas and get the crystal shards. But like me, I just I want the sort of challenge to be front and foremost of what the game is. I'm not... I don't want to dick around trying to find these shards unless the game gives me a very big incentive to do so. See, I, I'm I'm a dick around person. Yeah. I like to, I like to look around <laughs> all the different little s- secrets and look for things like that. So I think it really spoke to me much more this time around. And I I, I really like the versatility that you can you can just blaze through it or you can mess around and explore and mess with all these combos. I, th- I think it's, it's a, it's a deeper and uh, more well-realized game than it appears. I think that the mechanics are good. I just feel like the level design, like so consistently falls short, like, yeah. because 
I don't know. I don't. I don't think Kirby is like Kirby's so slow, like as a character. <laughs> oh, but you got to double tap and make him do a little he, diarrhea still, face. He does not go very fast. Oh, like, but he goes. <laughs> here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, tell, I'm gonna spin you a tale. And usually, uh, usually we play these games together. Yeah. And I feel like maybe we just didn't have time this time. I feel like maybe it's without having you there to kind of police me and make me pay attention <laughs> to the game. I was like playing Spelunky and Hades and like games that like are fun super hard fun and exciting games. yeah and then i'm like okay i guess i should play some kirby and so i played through the first level and like almost the first world and almost fell asleep and then i watched some movie on youtube and then it's like you might enjoy space balls and i'm like wow they have the full movie space balls on youtube guess i'm watching this um so i watched space balls and then before i yeah because like what would you do like space balls is on youtube you watch space balls is on you watch i get it um, like and then i was too tired and I didn't play more Kirby. And then I went back the next day and I barely, barely had the willpower to make it through the uh, oh. the second world. Have, have you played other Kirby games? I, I have. Um, like I've played um, Kirby's Epic Yarn um, and the Game Boy one a lot. Okay. Uh, I, know, I know you're a big fan mm. of that Super NES one where there's the, the Oh the yeah. Kirby's Superstar is yeah. a great game. Okay. And the, the do you mini- like the do you like the treasure hunt one in yes. Kirby Superstar? Okay. Yes, I do remember that. I feel like See, but I feel like that is an example of when you play those game, the Super Nintendo one, there's so much more going on in those levels. Like, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of, um, there's secrets above, below, everything, and, like, the levels just feel way more crowded. And yeah, here, again, yeah. they just felt so wide open so much of the time. And, and I don't know, and I and this but, is just a very personal taste. Like, I agree that this game looks good and has yeah. aged well, but, like, there's nothing very going on very interesting visually like a lot of the levels are just like you're in a green field you're in you're there's some water like you're in a cave it's it's very cute and very simple yeah yeah and we we kind of touched on this recently we were on uh video game apocalypse and we were talking about super mario 3d land and how like the kind of difference between like the corporate looking mario and the weird looking mario and i think 3D Land is kind of corporate looking Mario because it looks like it's been assembled out of blocks, like it's been assembled out of pre-existing tools, while Galaxy or something like Odyssey looks like it was built from the ground up and has its own world. And I think this kind of suffers a little bit from the former of having kind of the corporate like shapes and toolbox kind of. I mean, I don't think we've seen there's there's very, very few uh, Nintendo 64 games that I think have a good visual design. Yeah. Like the Mario 64, Paper Mario, like mostly they just focus on like, does your game look okay? Like sure. mechanically then yeah, like, does yes, it mission accomplished. Yeah. But like most games look pretty generic. Like it, they never quite got to the point of like, Hey, we're going to really make this look visually interesting. But I will say, uh, there never for a second. And even when you get into some like darker inside levels, Never for a second does this game look gloomy yeah. or brown or dull or like like so many other like Nintendo games. Like as soon as you I'm, are get away from wide open clear blue sky, yeah, it just, just plays have no idea dull. What to do. It doesn't look dull. It just feels dull. No, <laughs> no, no I'm yeah. fighting on that. I will yeah. say the one issue that I kind of have with this game is so you have these other characters that kind of follow you around. You rescue each one in the first world. Like at the end of each stage, you fight a boss. They're like battle evil and you because they've him. been like partially absorbed by this the nothingness. Or right. Whatever. Yeah. So you defeat the nothing you inside f- them. You and fight then you, Waddle D. Yeah. You fight Waddle D, and then this little girl named Adeline, and then you find King DDD, who's like sometimes your nemesis, sometimes your friend. Yeah. 
and they tag along on your adventure. The the issue is like there's really no reason for these characters. Well, they to let you see there. those hilarious cutscenes in the middle where well, Kirby falls get, down. Mean, you play as as Zedity a few times. Yeah, and, and like you also like Waddley comes and joins you like in the little minecart. But okay, <laughs> that's true. But I, I I had the suspicion, and then I looked it up and confirmed this. Like yeah, like I said, this was initially going to be a 64 DD game. And it had other features that had to be cut when they had to move it over to a cartridge. So initially, you were going to be able to use, like, Ribbon, the little fairy, was supposed to follow you around. And she had her own dedicated button that would make you switch characters on the fly. Ah. And you, So you were supposed to be able to play as all four of these characters with the four completely different skill sets and swap between them at any time. And that was just a feature that had to go. That would have been a lot, like, to have all of Kirby's sort of powers and combinations here plus that. I um, think that'd be really fun. I mean, it, it makes me think of like the Tiny Toons uh, NES game or the Bucky O'Hare NES mm-hmm. game, you know, like I like being able to swap between characters that have different skills, like whenever you want. Um, and, you know, I get they had to make some cuts and everything. And I think they kind of implemented systems like that. Like the newest Switch game has kind of a system like that. It's, it's cr- not quite it's as fun. It's crazy as that, that they had like this game feels so trim in terms of yeah. like content. It's weird to think like they were trying to they couldn't fit more on here. The but. one other thing, speaking of fitting one more thing on here that we need to talk about is the multiplayer. This game has kind of a very well hidden uh, little mul- four player multiplayer mode. Three little mini games, uh, 100 Yard Hop, Bumper Crop Bump, and Checkerboard Chase. And they're basically just like fast, short Mario Party style party games. The first one, 100 Yard Hop, has you, you have to time your buttons, A and B. A or A makes you jump two squares, B makes you jump one. And you're supposed to advance down this track without stepping in puddles or crushing a frog. <laughs> uh, then Bumper Crop Bump is kind of like Kaboom, except more competitive. You nudge the other people and bump them out of the way to steal their fruit. And then the checkerboard dash is where you are basically shooting lines of power at each other <laughs> like an anime character and like making the ground disappear beneath them and you have to knock each other off. Uh, it's like they don't really draw attention to these modes anywhere. Like to find them, you have to go into the options menu. Maybe I think that Kirby Superstar kind of set a tradition of putting like weird small mini games in, in the game as yeah. kind of an afterthought. But but I will say I really liked all three of these. I was surprised. Yeah, like, I, I had a lot of the fun. The first with all one these. is just you either press A to jump two squares or B to plus jump one, but it is surprisingly engaging <laughs> because you get into a habit and then you accidentally jump into a puddle. Like yeah. it kind of tricks your brain a little bit. Did you have any experience with these mini games? maddie i Uh, love them and especially like checkerboard chase especially was my favorite i think Mm -hmm. because i love adeline and you get Mm. to play as her but these also like as when as like a 10 year old i'd go to my friend's house and we would play these for like an hour or two we just we loved these mini games they were super fun and i mean they're kind of like it's the same with like the Pokemon Stadium mini games where like yeah, I yeah. remember like playing them for hours as a kid and then I played them now. I'm like, oh, these are fine. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know cool. how they're... I played them for so long. Yeah. yeah, it's like they're they're cool for like, you know, 15 minutes or something. But then I get kind of bored. But like, man, as a little kid, I could I just I love these so much. I, I thought they were surprisingly fun and kind of backtracking on what I said before, you mentioned Adeline. I think she's one of the characters that especially got short shrift here because like you said, King DDD, you can ride on his back and he can use his hammer to break walls in certain stages. Waddle D, he joins you in the, in the mine carts. 
Adeline doesn't really get to do anything. Sometimes and her power set seems the most interesting. She can conjure anything like the damn Green Lantern. Mm, she's Realm from Final Fantasy VI. She's Realm she from Final Fantasy VI, yeah, paint exactly. stuff and summon them. Yeah, like... Occasionally you'll walk by her and she'll have her easel and she'll paint a maximum tomato, which you can get. It's which just, is, like, all that she gets to do. And I felt really bummed out. And then I looked at it. Like, she's only come back in, like, two or three other games. And I think just kind of as a background supporting character. Yeah, because yeah, she was, like, a boss in uh, Superstar, I think. I think that was maybe her oh, first okay. appearance. Oh, okay. She like paints monsters and you have to fight them. It was either Superstar or um, Dreamland Three, but um, I, uh, yeah, yeah. But she's she's a really cool background character, and I yeah, I liked. I wish we saw more of her. And yeah, I think that she definitely felt like she was supposed to be a bigger part of this too, because like I feel like the art style of this game and something you see when you're selecting uh, the level to play on is it's got this very sort of light pastel like. Cran like it looks like it was drawn with crayons or a storybook or something like that, mm. which is very nice and appealing. But once you actually get into the levels, that kind of just vanishes. And I feel like we get a hint of it when you have Adeline's little boss battle, because when she's possessed, she's drawing on her magic easel. And then the enemies that attack you look like they're drawn in crayon. They're, yeah. in a, they're, they're 2D, they're flat, and they look like a dramatically different art style. And I feel like that would have been so cool to have that as like a game-wide mechanic that you get to use. It's a bummer that they cut that, mm -hmm. uh, her in particular. So I don't know. I was I was a little disappointed with that, but when, that's, you know, it's Yeah, history. Maddie, when you bring up Kirby Superstar, I just think like how much content was in that game. I mean, yeah. that game essentially has like six different games built in. And like compared to this game, like it mm -hmm. just feels so trim I don't yeah know. yeah no There's... i can i can definitely understand that well uh i think we've said all there is to say about kirby 64 are you all ready to move on to our rankings here sure all right i mean let's... i am i don't know <laughs> let's do Ma let's... maddie i feel like we we kind of glossed over you a little i mean w is there any like moments in the single player game that stand out or like do you have like any go-to like favorite level or something like that because again i did i just didn't get very far in this game because i got sleepy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um i just i i don't know i just think it's really cute like i said i really yeah. like the trading cards um i like the enemy designs a lot even though they're really simple i just i don't know they make me happy to look at <laughs> yeah and and again it's i think too especially like as a little kid the final level and the final bosses they're so dark <laughs> compared to yeah. to the rest of the game that it's it's kind of mind-blowing when you're like 10 to like be like whoa this is really this is a force weird. of unknowable darkness that like seeks to engulf us in the void this is like, an this is an e10 game this is nuts yeah. i guess that's uh, why uh in the smash brothers like the new smash brothers kirby is the first character the only character alive at the start of the right, game right yeah because he's yeah, experienced well, kirby, fighting the I mean, darkness kirby's just so weird because he's like such an crazy powerful being and he's yeah. just like so cute and you kind of don't <laughs> don't think of him as such but yeah i mean on you know i can understand it's it's this game you know it's it's a just slide scrolling platformer and and kind of the the level design and that stuff i like some of the bosses i really like the second boss which is like just like the weird diamonds that you fight oh, yeah yeah like the triple color uh, ones yeah that, and yeah, I that like had a cool of, effect and there's like a cool kind of like robot mecha boss that you fight. Um, and I and always like just fly, fighting that big tree that spits apples at you. I think oh, he's yeah. in yeah. every Kirby game, but it's always I think fun. The, the boss battles are quite good because I like 
um, boss battles where there's like a rhythm you have to learn. Mm -hmm. But I don't like them to be too hard because then it's just like, oh, I just keep dying and I can't understand this rhythm. So I think the boss battles are quite fun. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, it's just kind of, it's not like a super incredible game, but I think it's just, it's fun. It's, it's really relaxing. You know, it's like, it's a game you'd want to play. Yeah, I mean, I fell asleep playing it. So like, that's want to play if you want to take a nap yeah Um, yeah no it's it's just like it's it's a fun game it's it's not it's not crazy hard it's not crazy intense but it's just like it's fun Mm-hmm. And that's that's all I can really say about it. <laughs> that's no, that's I think that that perfectly sums it up. I I think it's just effortlessly charming and adorable. But let's jump to our okay. rankings. We have 270 games on here. I want to hear where Woody put this first because I'm curious. <laughs> I think we're gonna fight on this one. Okay, we'll we'll see. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this game is mechanically like very clean. It's yeah. you know, it's, it's certainly not bad. Like Kirby controls well. The the collecting the different powers is really fun and exciting. But again, I just the levels felt very bland and boring, and I just felt no drive to continue playing the game. Yeah. Um, and so many of the bosses, like I did like the bosses, but then I just had the fire arrow and killed them super quick. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, that was kind of a waste. I'm putting it at number 113 on my list, um, which is right under Mario Party. That's, that's wow, the fire- wait, why is Mario Party so low? Because well, Mar- here's the secret about Mario Party, Maddie. <laughs> Mario Party kind of sucks. Like, um, if they get wait, better did, as wait, they go. They get better guys, as they go. Did you guys play Mario Party together or separately? So we, we, played we all played together. together. Steve will yeah. vouch for me on Mario Party kind yeah, yeah, of yeah. sucking. Yeah, but- no, I'll, I'll, I'll back that up. We, <laughs> we, for all of our episodes on Mario Party, we've like brought friends over yeah. and we've, we've, uh, Kind of hash it out there, and they've they've noticeably yeah. gotten better. The third but one is significantly better. The that first very one first is, one is rough. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Okay. But yeah, this I don't know. It's I don't know if I've played a game that I felt like was this mechanically well done that I found you know very hard to stay engaged with. I think but, this is now officially the widest disparity nice. between two ends of the list, and it's, like, ridiculous. Okay. This is my number 15. Okay, so we have almost a 100-game <laughs> spread. difference here. <laughs> I'm putting this right smack in between the two Goemon games. Um, I, I don't know. I felt like revisiting this game. I played it before. I liked it when I played it before, but revisiting it, I really, really appreciate the depth of the mechanics uh, how much clever stuff they have going on here, that really interesting organic way to kind of integrate the difficulty levels and kind of make this as accessible as possible for everybody. And it just charmed the hell out of me. Um, I, I think it was just kind of exactly what I needed to play right now. Okay. I really, I don't know. I, I just, I, it really endeared itself to me and I, I loved it. I, I want to keep go. I want to go play it some more. Okay, I don't know. Great. I don't know. Whatever. Well, you, you, I'm you, a 36 year old man who plays with baby games. I don't care. You were, it was not competing with space balls for you. So. I also no. like Tigger's Honey Hunt and Tom and Jerry Fists of Fury. I like I guess Tigger's I Honey like, Hunt too. I guess I just like I, baby I, games. Maybe it was just the standard. Like I, I was much more engaged by Tigger's Honey Hunt but in like Kirby the Crystal Shard. No. I'm like, wow, you get to float in this game. That's so cool. But in mm-hmm. Kirby, it was like, oh, I'm Kirby, I'm floating. Who he cares? floats all the time. He yeah, but so it's well. like, you don't think of Tigger's going to float, but like obviously Kirby's going to float. <laughs> like, the, where's the surprise and the verb? Fair. Also, Tigger's Honey Hunt yep. looks much better. Like, that game does have those pastel colors. I will agree. That, Tigger's Honey Hunt weirdly looks amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I'll say it looks better. Okay. But we'll, we'll I don't know, we'll <laughs> we'll debate that. Yeah. Um, Stay we, tuned for, for, for uh, when you're watching the vice presidential debate. Steve and I will <laughs> debate the graphics of Kirby's <laughs> Superstar versus, uh, versus Tigger's, Tigger's Honey, Honey Hunt. Hunt. 
Uh, we do have a couple of letters. Uh, well, I, I want to know a little oh, more. Yeah. Uh, Maddie, where, where would this lie? Like, where does this relate to at least Paper Mario for you? I, like, so I put this in my top four. Um, I think this, because it's like my top four 64 games are Paper Mario, this game, uh, Mario Tennis, mm-hmm. and what's Mace the other the Dark one? Age. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie's wait. Blast Territory. <laughs> well, but again... Again, also, like I said, I only had um, like 10, 64 games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, and Pokemon Snap. That was my other okay. one. I, so Pokemon, it's up, Snap's Pokemon great. Snap so much. It's up there in my in my top four. So That's you know, really good company to keep, I think. It's I just like fun games. That are, <laughs> I like fun, cute games that make me happy. I also, I also um, am... Like I was like, you know, it's like I probably should have like Ocarina of Time up there or something, yeah. but I like was really bad at that game, and as I was also afraid of the volcano, so I oh. like that that game didn't register with me as a kid because I was a baby. So yeah, sure. yeah. But yeah, so it's it's really it's really high up there, and you know, I'm sure a lot of that is because of nostalgia and because I had such a good experience with it as a kid. But I still think it's um, you know, it's a it's a fun game to play now if you are um uh, sad and you just want to look at cute circles sure oh is that why i like it damn it uh no i (laughs) i I mean i do think that my opinion is probably in the minority i think generally people do like this game and it is well regarded yeah and and you know for the record like that's not a terrible spot no no that's like if you're still in the top it's it's in the top half of you know games you're you're doing okay it's just less for being sort of a first party nintendo game Well, we do have a couple letters this week, and unsurprisingly, some of them are correcting us for FIFA-related stuff, because we covered the FIFA soccer games last (laughs) week. Covered it poorly, I might add. But everyone (laughs) has been very, very nice correcting us where we need to. We haven't caused any any riots. No no riots, no riots. Uh, This first one starts... Dear Woody, Steve, and Schrodinger's guest. Yeah, <clears throat> Maddie, you, you, you should be the mysterious guest. guest this time. Wow. Uh, I started writing this email wanting to offer my experience with FIFA on the N64 as a Dutch person, nice. being more passionate about soccer, yeah, until please. you brought up Jordi Cruyff. How can you not mention his father, Johan, who is <laughs> arguably the best soccer player ever, definitely the best Dutch player ever? I yeah, no how I- could we do it, Steve? What the well, hell is wrong with <laughs> honestly, us? Honestly, it was in my notes, and I just okay. forgot to mention it. Um, it says, uh, I had no idea Jordy or Jordy made it to the cover of a game since he is average at best and mainly coasted on his dad's name and fame. Hmm. Jordy was the same generation as Dennis Bergkamp of the 1998 World Cup fame. Check out his goal against Argentina. Man, people who tuned into this game to hear about Kirby are going to be fascinated by this info. <laughs> I am genuinely fascinated by this info. Uh, anyway, back to the game related content. My first vivid memory was FIFA 1998 Road to the World Cup, Mm -hmm. which had such a kick-ass soundtrack opening with Blur's Song 2, but that was on PC. Me and my two brothers played FIFA 99 on N64 extensively, though. The main fun fact about FIFA 99, I remember, was regarding licensing. The International Superstar Soccer Games never had licenses, Mm -hmm. but they got around it by clumsily misspelling all names. (laughs) So you knew who they were supposed to be anyway. FIFA 99 had a license, except for the most famous player of all time, Ronaldo, playing for Inter Milan at the time. So they added him to the game under the codename Silva as a substitute for Inter Milan, but with the correct insanely high stats. In that day, with limited internet, the the secret spread through the schoolyard since FIFA obviously couldn't advertise it. Anyway, ISS had the gameplay, FIFA had the license, FIFA caught up with the gameplay over the years, so now they're the juggernaut of soccer games. 
Love your podcast. Can't wait for Majora's Mask in Perfect Dark. Keep up the good work. Cheers from the Smoky Bay Area. And that is from Jan Willem van Dijk. That is an amazingly Dutch name. I love that letter. Thank you, Also, he's in the Bay Area? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So from uh, from the Netherlands, but not Ah, currently there. Got it. Got it. so uh, we I was a, glad to hear that we were. He could verify that international superstar soccer was the better playing game. Yeah, that's kind so of that, where that we made me feel vindicated. <laughs> so is, and it sounds like FIFA got better over time. Um, we have another FIFA-related letter. Hey, Stephen Woody, minor addendum to your FIFA episode. Unlike the Olympics, you guys are morons. Take, <laughs> unlike the Olympics that take place in one host city, the World Cup takes place in multiple cities across the host nation. Mm. For example, when the 94 World Cup was in the U.S., games were played in L.A., San Francisco, Detroit, Dallas, Chicago, Orlando, Foxborough, East Rutherford, and Washington, D.C., I always liked this better than the Olympics because this approach reduces the burden of having multiple yeah. single-use stadiums in one city. It also was better for nationwide tourism. I have a friend from Mexico who takes a month off every World Cup and follows his team all over Brazil or South Africa, which sounds amazing. <laughs> Thanks and keep up the good work. And that is from Vince. Thanks, Vince. That is actually a really cool fact addendum. Like That does yeah. seem like a much more sensible way to do it. I'm, I'm sure it's not practical, but I, I, ho- I wish the Olympics did that too. I, I was... Uh... <laughs> I was in Vancouver to see, uh, you know, a while ago. Yeah. I was in Vancouver to see Morrissey, um, <laughs> and uh, I met this guy like out in front of uh, the sushi restaurant, and he talked about how his wife just follows Morrissey around on tour, like he's a Morrissey <laughs> groupie, and he didn't even like Morrissey very much, but he just like wanted to. He just went with her, and it's especially like funny slash not funny because like Morrissey is just infamous for just canceling shows shows like the the day before so they like had gone to like they had flown to like germany from uh, vancouver and then he just canceled the show and he's like well that's what we get for following morrissey and you're like well you're a devoted fan but you could probably pick someone who deserves it more (laughs) chasing the world cup seems like a safer yeah exactly Yeah. yeah all right we have one last letter here hello steve woody and potential guest yeah I recently hunted down my N64 because I was tired of losing drunken game nights with my friends. I was curious about what other people thought of my favorite games. That's when I stumbled upon your podcast. I started from your first episode, and I just passed the Diddy Kong Racing episode, which happens to be one of my favorite games and episodes. Sure. Uh, My friends and I actually prefer that game over Mario Kart 64 because it's more skill-based. You're weird. We usually play all (laughs) trophy races and total our scores of all five cups. The loser of each cup does have to take a shot. Okay. I really enjoy the podcast, and I look forward to listening to your episode on Perfect Dark and my all-time favorite game, Majora's Mask. Whoa. And that is from Malik. Thank you so much. The crowds are clamoring for those games. I know. I'm oh. clamoring for those games. Also, yeah. when you say a thing is more skill based, like nothing, you, you just the skill is being good at Diddy Kong Racing. Like that's the <laughs> skill that it's more based on. Like I, my skill is Diddy Kong Racing skill versus Mario Kart 64 skill. Yeah, it's yeah. all skill based. Yeah, yeah. I got NBA Hang Time skills, <laughs> which do I not gotta apply to Mario say, Kart. I couldn't stand Diddy Kong Racing, but I think part of it was I didn't own it. And so I'd only okay, play yeah. it. At, I'd only play it at my friend's house, and so I was I was completely terrible at it. Yeah. And I didn't under like I don't I don't know I like didn't understand how it worked or something because for some reason my little airplane or whatever like always sucked. <laughs> oh, Maddie, I was and, I was the same way. Like I didn't get to that game. I didn't have that game when I was growing up. I got to it as an adult, like playing it for the show, yeah. basically. And I'm like, 
I, I had to get used to it. Like it has its own charms and some things that I like, but yeah. I mean, I think, I, think, it's, it's, I think it might be just like less intuitive because I'm usually pretty good. Like I really liked Mario Kart. Yeah. I really like cross team, crash team racing. And yeah. I was like really good at those games. And usually when I even when I first start playing, I'm getting like first and second. But Diddy Kong, I'm like getting like last by like a minute. And I'm like, why do I suck so right. bad? The physics in that game are not the same. And by not the same, I mean not correct. <laughs> um, but it is a matter of... Uh, Sort of what you played first and what you got used to. I do imagine if you and a group of friends were used to Diddy Kong Racing, it would feel just fine. Yeah. But it does feel mm-hmm. awkward after playing good kart games. Yeah. Sorry, I I don't know. I'm just dump dunking on this. It's mostly <laughs> a bit. on someone. It's who mostly very a bit. Nicely to say yes, they, they like the show. No, and I no, it, <laughs> Diddy Kong Racing is fun. It is. No, it's not a bad game. Uh, well, thank you, thank you so much to Maddie for being here. Um, you're you're an amazing, amazing artist. Can you tell people where they could find your awesome stuff? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the letter O. That's Raspberry. Um, I don't have a whole lot going on right now. I'm opening my shop soon. I have uh, some Dragon Quest stickers that might oh, be nice. relevant. Yeah. Video game wise, that's a lot of anime stuff. But um, so, yeah, if you're into that, uh, you can check me out there. It's the same demographic of people who enjoy Kirby as people who enjoy Dragon Quest slimes. That's yeah, yeah. that's true. I love a good slime. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. You were talking about most adorable character. Dragon Quest Slime. Uh, I feel I like that could give. He's got that cute little smile. But, you know, Kirby's got the little stubby arms and the little, okay, the little, the little round wait, shoes. Wait, wait, wait. Here's a question. Do Dragon Quest Slime and Kirby feel the same? Ooh. Uh, well, okay. We know one thing. There are metal slimes in Dragon Quest, which means that the regular Dragon Quest does n- slime does not feel like metal. I do think but, that if you squish it like that's it, not, there's that's anything else but yeah, metal. Exactly. <laughs> I think I think it's got a uh, spongy consistency more than anything. Yeah, that's like, what I was okay. thinking. Like, but like a squishy, spongy. But it's not slimy, right? Even though they're slimes, they're like soft, right. like soft plastic. It's not like you know how kids today. I, I sound like a million years old <laughs> saying kids today. Kids but today. Kids today like to make slime, like as a science project, like uh, out wait, of different like. I, I, I'm pretty sure that that was a science project in like the 80s. Well, Dave. yeah, but like, I, it, it wasn't one that I did. And kids do it like as a as a YouTube. Oh, you're it's saying like you a, don't like do it now, like no, a, I didn't on do your it spare time. Either, oh, you didn't? I, okay, I did. No, but, but like, it, it's like a fat thing now. But like, I don't think a Dragon Quest slime would feel like that slime. I feel like it has more surface Cohesion. tension, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I think we Write need- in and tell us, tell us what you think a Dragon Quest slime feels like and if it is more or less cuddly than Kirby. All right, and I'm, I'm pitching my new podcast now, which is Touching Fake Things. <laughs> we're going to imagine what all the different fake things out there feel like. We're announcing it now after we're done playing all the N64 games. We're just going to touch fake things. What does Barf from Spaceballs feel like? What is, <laughs> he feels like a large dog. What about Pizza the Hut? What does he feel like? Yeah, Pizza the Hut also feels like a large dog. Or weirdly. yogurt. Pizza the Hut is gross. I know. Pizza the Hut is super He's gross. He's dripping all over everything. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, I just turned into a Spaceballs We have podcast. gone way off topic. Okay. Um, well, thank you again to Maddie so much. We are going to be uh, back next week talking about Spaceballs. more games. What games are we talking about, I wonder? I should open my list and find out because I don't remember. The Legend of Zelda Ooh. 2, the quest for more money. We are playing uh, a sport that we have not actually touched on. Lacrosse. That's right. We are going to be throwing some fists. We're playing Ooh. some boxing games next week. That's Knockout Kings 2000 and the two Ready to Rumble boxing games. So 
very arcadey versus very realistic boxing games. We're going to get the whole gamut. And I might punch someone in the face just to see what it feels like. I've, I don't think I've ever successfully punched someone in the face. It might be the I have. Um, it yeah. might it might be the first episode where I'm not on it. Based on your just description, I will find a guest <laughs> to be here to sub in for you to punch. Find someone with a punchable face. Yeah, I will get Colin Jost to go. Perfect. Host. Perfect. Right. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Check out Oh That's Raspberry on Twitter for all of your amazing anime art needs and anything else. Uh, and thank you so much to Maddie for being here. And we will. See See you next week when we're throwing fists in boxing games. Bye, everybody. When you really think about it, like, if you were going to punch something in the face, like, punching Kirby in the face would be pretty satisfying, right? Like, Well, I I mean, I think, but he won't get hurt. Like, well, he'll just cave in and then it, it'll pop out. That would so make like, it all the more satisfying because you wouldn't won't. feel bad about having... <laughs> I, I feel like that's been the only thing that's been restricting me from punching something in the face is that I don't want to hurt anybody or anything. Yeah. So that'd be a plus in my column. I'm, I'm going to punch Kirby. You've convinced me. You talked me into it. <laughs> It'll be the follow-up of touching fake things is punching fake things.